Hola, willkommen. Howdy and bienvenue. This is Wine Blast with me, Susie Barry, and my husband and fellow master of wine, Peter Richards. You didn't tell me the show was going to be multilingual today. It's a nice surprise. I'd like to surprise you. <laughs> I'd have brushed up on my, um, you know, uh, things fast, whatever language you didn't just use. <laughs> Italian. Uh, Japanese. 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 Mm. You know, not that I speak Japanese, of course, but my method with these sort of things is just to drink a lot of wine and uh, then just wing it. I mean, that works, doesn't it? Uh, are you thinking karaoke or proper Japanese? <laughs> that is my approach to karaoke, it's true. And uh, the results are not... Not not, not worth exploring, no. Though. Anyway, my international intro was actually a way of just teeing up a mini celebration. Drum roll, please. Okay, yep. Because this is our 10th episode. Woohoo! <laughs> and to date, we have reached... 55 different countries, including Uzbekistan. Really? I have no idea what they will have made of us there, but whoever you are, thank you. Thank you for mm, listening, you. for tuning in. Anyway, we're celebrating, which obviously means one thing in this house, mm-hmm. and uh, and that is an excuse to open a nice bottle of wine. I love the sound of that. Just so you know, you won't be surprised me. about this. Um, this, is, this is for me, is it? This is for you. Yeah. I have already popped one in the fridge for as soon as it is socially acceptable to drink, which I think in lockdown is officially tea time, isn't it? Is it? Please. She, she, she's got problems, listener. I'm, I'm, hel- I'm helping. I'm here to help. Don't worry. Um, yeah, okay. I think, I think wine is effectively the new cream tea. Oh, lockdown, I like that. Yeah. Isn't it? That's, yeah. that's, our, that's, that's how we should brand it. Um, but going back to what you were saying, 10 episodes. That's quick, wasn't it? That went quickly. It did. It's been, it's it has been, been quick, quick, yeah. I think we've managed to cover a fair bit of ground as well, haven't we? We've done some serious stuff. You know, we've, we've, we've talked to China, um, where else? Chile, Australia, Singapore, you know, and not mm-hmm. to mention quite a bit of stuff here in sunny old England. So, you know, I think it's been pretty pretty interesting and, and, and quite fun. Partly fun because we've covered some slightly stranger ground, you know, like... Um, Best wines to bathe in. That was a, that was a favourite. Uh, or how to write, rate your friends via the medium of Burgundy wine. I, I seem to remember my favourite was probably um, wines for breakfast cereals. Mm. Yes, you, yes, you do have issues, don't you? Um, I, I, I said or described how to give a dish a, a flamenco kick, and I'm still not quite sure I know what that means. But uh, no, and, and Magnum Jenga, I definitely don't know what quite that means. But no, uh, I do. Hey, um, we need to play it, don't we? And, and Brian Adams and and. David Hasselhoff, got to mention. I think any podcast worth its salt will get that. It's got to have the Hoff in it. In the first 10 episodes. We've done it. We've done it. And we've even given uh, stuff away as well. We have. uh, We had free music, Mm -hmm. thanks to the Umbrella Birds. And a free... Well, actually, do you know what that was? That was a highlight. To be honest, I know this is a wine podcast, but that was one of my favourite moments of podcasting. Hang on, that was... was uh, which episode was episode that? It was Helpful four. Hospitality. I think, I think, we think it's think episode it's four, four with Alex Hunt. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's the most beautiful music. It really, I, I love listening to it. Anyway, that is their their uh, latest album, The Umbrella Birds, um, and a free book download from mm. Potion. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to mention, obviously, from us, uh, loads of our favourite recipes. Uh, we've had what have we had? I'm trying to remember: porcini pasta, mm-hmm. uh, creamy dal, yeah, uh, wild garlic risotto. Last episode, that was a particular mm-hmm. favourite. One uh, of my favourite spicy sausage pasta. Oh, you love that, don't you? Student dish. <sighs> Even Bill Granger's curried meatballs. Oh no, now you're talking. That's, that was that was our first. That was our first ever. That was, was Australia. Yeah, Australia on fire. Yeah, yeah. That feels Take a while ago back. now, doesn't yeah. it? So we've covered quite a lot of ground, and can I say so much of it unintentional? 
I thought that was going to be a compliment then. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. A lot of it has been. Anyway, I think that's the joy of podcasting. It's a bit It's a bit random. You go places you never expected to go. You do indeed. Um, and may never come back from. One thing I did want to do, though, to, to, to be more intentional for a second, it was to... Um, do you remember in the last episode, uh, we were talking to Roger Jones, Michelin star chef, um, mm-hmm. and he was speaking to us from, from rural Wales, where he was looking after his elderly mum, you know, the one who uh, has a bit of a taste for the finer... Sparkling, sparkling wine. Yes. She likes her proper, spark, you know, traditional method. Rosé, I think it was, sparkling wines. Big up Mama Jones. Yeah, we, 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 like, anyway, we like Roger's mum. It made me, think, made me think that we could just take a moment to say hello to our mums. Oh. You know, say hi mum. We know they're both listening. I hope they're not the only people listening, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> they could be. They could be. Ah. Um, thank you for all the, the five-star reviews and, and, and ratings, guys. Uh, we appreciate them. Shh, say that, that wasn't them. Wasn't sure, them. Okay. Sure. Um, but, but, but not only that, but I guess invite everyone listening in a sort of collective way to, to raise a glass, to, to send a virtual hug, if you like, to, to mums the world over. Hmm. Um, whether they're still here or, or much missed, you know, we know this is a difficult time for all mums, particularly those who are more elderly. Uh, I didn't say old. In fact, I didn't even say elderly. No. I'm uh, over 70. I, I mature. Meant, I meant wise. Mature. Well matured. Like a fine wine. Like a fine wine. <laughs> <laughs> so we want to say thank you for everything that you have done and do for us mums. Stay safe. Try to stay sane. And, and a tip with the latter, just keep your wine glass topped up. You know, you, you deserve it. I'm not worried about my mum. She will always keep her wine glass topped up. We know <laughs> I that. possibly comment about that. <laughs> now, I think we should get on with the show. Um, yeah. and, and talking actually of listeners, we have a question today from lovely Liz who wants tips on wines from Lodi because she loves their fruitiness. You're so right, Liz. Uh, so we will be talking and tasting all things Lodi with some recommendations a bit later on. And tying in quite neatly with the stateside thing, we've been on the blower to America, haven't we? We have indeed. Mm-hmm. And with, with <laughs> I have to say, interesting results. Uh, Now you'll want to hear this because we've got a treat in store today. Not only did we speak to Bartholomew Broadbent, the Brit who's made his home and wine business on the eastern seaboard of the US, but also to Eric Barher, who is the winemaker at world-famous Ridge Vineyards in California. So this is a double header. First up is Bartholomew, who goes by the family nickname Bolu. Uh, It's important to mention that this was recorded in April 2020 before the latest developments in in the US. Uh, things seem to happen at, at quite, quite a fast pace this moment, at the moment. But um, his sentiments are still very valid and certainly heartfelt. My name is Bartholomew Broadbent and I live in uh, Richmond, Virginia. I have a wine imp- importing company called Broadbent Selections. My father, Michael Broadbent, uh, very amusingly called it Broadbent Erections, an up and coming company. <laughs> it sounds very much like your dad um just yeah. to start there then um you, you very sadly recently lost your dad he died in in march um yeah. this must have been a very difficult time for you all around well it was particularly annoying that i'm stuck in america with the uh because of this covid non-travel stuff um so he died on the 17th and it was just when travel was obviously going to be impossible mm. um to be honest it it wasn't a I mean it was a huge shock when it happened because it always is but I it's not like we weren't expecting it at some point in fact um, I went back in uh, October my sister said get on a plane uh, tonight Uh, he's not gonna live uh, beyond a day or two and 
all of the palliative care people, 24 hour carers said, yes, he'll be uh, dead in three days. He's on um, final, whatever they call it. And, but then <laughs> like Lazarus, he kept rising to the occasion and didn't <laughs> die. And um, you know, he, he he'd lost his taste because of medicines. Um, and anyway, the doctors said he can't have anything to drink. Uh, but we decided that, well, because he wanted something to drink, he had two Bloody Marys every day until the day he died. <laughs> so um, he had a good, in, in, good innings. He got married in uh, April of last year to Valerie Smallwood, a master, widow of a master of wine. Um, and then he um, published his new book, Wine Tasting, on April 30th, and on May 2nd, he turns 92. Uh, but then fell off a chair, um, broke his back, and everyone was very upset, but I said, don't worry, they fixed the chair. Um, but he was uh, basically bed-bound from about June onwards, June and July onwards, and, and you can't complain, he had a good life. And the, it's the such a... been amazing. The tributes have been amazing, rightly so. Um, and what a wonderful life, as you say. Um, you, you are renowned as, a, as an expert in your own right, of course, and, and, and particularly in Ports and Madeira, which you've touched on, um, but also, you know, you're celebrated as a, as a retailer and importer. And I just wanted to ask you about that, really, your, your perceptions on that. You're based in, in Virginia, aren't you? Um, what's the situation like for you at the moment? Well, I am an importer. I'm not a retailer per se. Um, mm. So the three-tier system in America is such that there's an importer who then sells to the distributor in each state, and the distributor then sells to the restaurants and the um, shops. So the restaurants have all closed. I mean, basically, um, you know, if they're doing 10% of what they were doing as takeout business, uh, they're lucky. But... Um, retail business has started booming, especially online sales. Um, but the problem is that um, the big distributors who have inventories um, established for normal business have seen all their restaurant business go away. So they are offloading all their inventory into the retail segment. Um, but the trouble is they're, they're cleaning up their house, which means that they're not ordering from us. So we saw atrocious... Uh, declines in business um, yeah about two or three weeks ago our sales just completely slumped and we, we're getting some online business where we can do direct in some places to online retailers and some distributors are are selling our wines to and, and reordering but basically most of our business is gone and and our problem is that uh, you know when we sell to a distributor they're not going to pay us well we tell them 30 days which means basically about 54 days we get paid so our real cash flow crunch is going to come in about um, a month and a half when uh, we're not getting the checks and then we have to you know we, we have worries at that point how, how are you going to manage this uh, moving forward my goal and i've told them my my employees is to protect them as much as I can as long as I don't have to furlough anyone or let anyone go I I won't um, uh, I want to maintain our culture which is very much a we're a family business or you know I'm a, an importer and my employees are my family basically um, along with my real family but we we treat each other's with um, care and affection and 
I will try not to let anyone go. We have cut salaries by, on the higher end, people 20% on the, on the uh, less um, sales were into people 10%. Um, so that's gone through now. Um, and it's uh, a precautionary measure. Um, now you said you, you, you'd like to keep your, you know, you keep your uh, employees as family, which is, which is thoroughly admirable. Um, and it's wonderful to see the positivity that that's coming out at, at the moment, but in the U S particularly where you are, how do you see the near and, and medium term? Do you think we're going to be turning a corner any any time soon? No, I mean, in the U S we're just hitting our stride of this coronavirus. Um, you know, we just, become the the country with the most deaths and the most cases and um we've got an idiot president um called trump who is a complete and utter idiot he made huge mistakes um the republican governors around the country some of them refused to do to demand social distancing uh let alone um stay at home orders uh because trump hadn't told them to and and it's it's a disaster can't wait for november <laughs> november the election ah yeah well if that happens um yeah. and then focusing on 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 retail i mean obviously the on-trade restaurants are a really hard hit your business is hard hit i know it's difficult but how do you see the other side the wine world the wine importing uh, distribution business changing yeah, I mean, there's going to be, I think, in general, life is going to change in a lot of ways. Um, when restaurants reopen, how safe do we feel rushing back to them? I'm certainly going to go back to restaurants if I can. I think it's going to take a very long time for us to recover. Probably certainly not until 2021. How have you been? Have you been trying to lighten the mood at all at home or, or at work? I'm sure you're very good at that, Volley. What have you been up to in that sense? Well, I told everyone to watch um, the two Monty Python films, one where they say, bring out your dead, bring out your dead. <laughs> and the other one, Jesus and Christ saying, always look on the bright side of life. Da -dum, da -dum, da -dum, da -dum. Thank God I can get away from home because on a very personal note, it would drive me crazy to be there and them crazy if, if I was there. So my wife and kids are, are at home and I come back for lunch hour and I find it so stressful, I can't wait to get back to the office. <laughs> so, <laughs> You're very, very honest. I'm going to ask you one last question, buddy. Um, what is your ideal quarantine wine? And it can't be one of yours. Okay, if it can't be mine... That's very, very unfair. Do you mean it can't Sorry. be one I'm brand or it can't be one I import either? Either. Anything you have a commercial interest in, it can't be. Okay, then it would have to be uh, Lopez de Heredia. Uh, Any vintages, particular wines? No, I mean, if, if there was one winery I wish I could represent that we don't have, that, that is the one that I have. We will imagine you drinking Lopez de Heredia while watching Monty Python. Bolly, thank you very much for talking to us. Oh, my pleasure. I'm not sure I can get that image 
out of my head of Bolu singing Always Look on the Bright Side of Life <laughs> while sipping away at his Rioja. <laughs> now, that would be an Instagram Live worth tuning into. <laughs> can, we, can we set that up? We'll try. We'll try. But I think on a more serious note, um, there are clearly plenty of challenges ahead in the US, aren't mm. there? Um, and the US, let's not forget, is the biggest wine-consuming market in the world. Um, and this was also something that came through from a producer's perspective, uh, as we can hear now from Eric Baha at Ridge Vineyards. Yes. Hi, I'm Eric Baher. I'm the winemaker here at Ridge Montefello Winery, the top of the Santa Cruz Mountains. The home Beautiful of place. Ridge. It is, yes. You know, I'm inside the old historic winery that was built in the 1880s. That's where my office is. The cellar's right below me, and that's where we're making our delicious wine. And you can get into the cellar okay at the moment, can you? Yeah, we can. Yeah, there's really nothing preventing us from doing this work. Uh, the state of California did put down a, a restriction on a lot of businesses, but agriculture and food and wine have an exemption. So we, we can keep doing the work that we need to do to protect our precious inventory. And how else has your business and work been impacted? I know that your tasting room is closed like most of, of the states in the nation. Uh, tell us a bit about yeah. that. Yeah, so the tasting rooms were one of the first areas that we got impacted by the closures. Um, I think middle of March is when the governor enacted the, the ban on uh, tasting rooms being open. So that immediately uh, shut down uh, a big part of our revenue stream. How much, you know, how much is that of your revenue stream? You know, it's, it's been almost as much as 40 to 50% of our really? revenue is coming wow. from all our direct to consumer activities. So Luckily, how are you we, we doing something to ship wine? So, so we still have a, a fair number of uh, wines going out to membership that receive their, their monthly allocations. So the warehouse has to work again with a lot of the social distancing with multiple shifts running and people are still, you know, our, our workers there can still package up and ship out wine. Yeah. Yeah. So we've, we've seen a surge in that part of our business. Have you, of direct-to-consumer sales? Yes. So that, that's, uh, you know, that's growing rapidly and, right now. It's, that's really the only way to get wine besides going to the grocery store. Can you give us and an indication you, of how much that, that has grown, your, that part of your business has grown? I I think the last that I saw, the last report, it was over 200% growth. Wow. And we were already doing very well. I mean, our website has a lot to offer. There's, you know, already a, a pretty tremendous uh, amount of sales coming from that. And then this on top of it has really surged. How do you see the long-term impact of coronavirus on wine producers? Well, it's, it's hurting a lot of the industry and cutting off the revenue because, you know, a lot of wineries rely on distribution as well. So, you know, they... You know, right now, most distributors have either shut off shipments because there's really no wine. Um, cons well, wine consumption is still happening. It's just consumers are going to get the wine in different ways than they traditionally have. Do you think there'll um, be a lot more direct-to-consumer activities as a result of this? Yeah. With, with the states where in the United States, you can't ship wine everywhere. You have to ship to states where it's legal, where you can only send so much at a time. And there's a lot of restrictions. It's not, it's not an easy uh, commodity to move around the country. Do you think we might see a slight easing of those restrictions? Is that a possibility? I don't think so, because <laughs> uh, I think the, the regulators like the revenue. <laughs> 
it's really hard to make those changes occur. But, you know, I think wineries are going to be struggling for their finances because in the U.S. wholesale distribution channel, it, a lot of that has really been um, knocked back. And as far as like uh, on-premise retail or restaurant sale, that's gone, totally yeah. gone. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we, we were approaching like 50% of our wholesale business going to restaurant and last month when you know the first so you know, first closures occurred in states it suddenly dropped down to about five percent finally what's your ideal quarantine wine and it's not it's not allowed to be one of yours oh well right now just be based on the weather that we've been having it's been really cold and wet it's almost well, not as, as <laughs> springtime in London, but, you well, know. Well, actually, funnily enough, it, as I speak to you, it's uh, blazing sunshine, bizarre. Oh, so we've swapped yeah, right weather now, somehow. It, it's ice cold and cloudy and wet and damp outside. Ah. We had a bit of rain last night. So with that type of weather, I, I kind of tend to go towards, um, you know, the heavier reds that I have in my cellar. So um, Zinfandel. You know, I, besides my own, you know, I, I do have a couple of my other favorite producers that I have in my cellar. So a nice, oh. big, rich, heartwarming Zinfandel. Yeah, you know, the, there's just something, it's so generous and, and it just kind of lifts your spirits to have something that's that pleasant and, you know. We need, we need wines that really just give us pleasure right now, don't we? We don't yes. want to think about things too much. We just need things to give us pleasure. Eric, yeah. thank you so much. Oh, you're so welcome. So the great Eric Barher turns to Zinfandel in his time of need, as shall we, because we have a question that touches on this very topic. And as a result, we have done our duty and mm -hmm. lined up a few bottles, haven't we? Mm, indeed. <laughs> so over to you, Liz. Hi, Susie and Peter. Greetings from Liz in North Hampshire. I'd like to ask a question about red Lodi wines, please. I'd like to know a bit more about the history of the area, as well as if you have any recommendations for some really good red Lodi wines between seven and 14 pounds. I love their fruitiness. Thank you, Liz. It's a great question, and particularly because it gave us a brilliant excuse to open a couple of lovely bottles of wine from Lodi to find some recommendations for you. So, I mean, this is, this is work, isn't it? Oh. It's our kind of work, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Who wouldn't like it? Yeah, yeah. we're very uh, we, lucky. We, we are, are very lucky. lucky. We are very lucky. But we do need to remember, obviously, to keep talking. Yeah, that's, that's uh, the word. Uh, bit, try it? to keep it's talking. Uh, so, so maybe um, I think Liz, maybe the best best way to start is to kind of paint the picture. So Lodi is a wine growing area in California. It's to the east of the Napa Valley, so inland from San Francisco, just to the south of Sacramento. Now, this is pretty warm wine country. It's the it's the northern end of the San Joaquin Valley, but it is cooled slightly by the Sacramento River Delta and by the fact that it's just a little bit elevated. So, and it's close actually also to the Sierra foothills to the east. So you get that combination of, of really quite a warm area, but there are some cooling influences. You asked about the history, Liz, and, and this is a pretty historic wine growing area, isn't it? You, you only have to look at the gnarly old vines to see that. But um, I think it's fair to say that historic here isn't always necessarily a positive 
connotation. Um, for instance, California wine writer John Bonnet in his book The New California Wine calls Lodi California wine's sturdy packhorse since the 1800s, which, which is hardly the most <laughs> glowing term. It? It's a um, great book that though, isn't it? It's a lovely book, really, really recommend book. that. Really book. Book. Um, now there are loads of vines here. Apparently there's 37,000. Lodi's of vines. Sorry, it's a terrible joke, isn't it? Was that a joke? Should I just keep talking? (laughs) Keep talking. (laughs) Um, But many many of these areas... I'll head for the door. Yeah, do you want to just get your coat? Um, Many of them have been used and still are used, actually, pretty much as as ballast for for big brands or pretty basic table wines, which which wouldn't say Lodi on the label. Um, Now, historically, Lodi has been thought of as Zinfandel country. Um, And apparently, lots of white Zinfandel, you know, that sort of baby pink, sweet rosé, is is still sourced from Lodi. So whether or not you like that kind of drink, uh, you know, it has ironically kept lots of old vine Zinfandel in the ground, which has to be a good thing. It did really. I mean, it's, it's, it's extraordinary that's the case, but it, but it is. And, and fantastic that it's so. Um, but the Lodi wines, so the Lodi wines we see here in the UK, they tend to be pretty hearty with tons of fruit, as you very rightly say, Liz, and also quite a lot of alcohol. Um, the best wines we've tried from from the region have been reds, unsurprisingly, made from the Zinfandel grape variety. Um, a bit like Eric Eric's Ridge Quarantine choice, yeah, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. So they're unashamedly big and rich and flavoursome. They're like a big American bear hug. Um, but there is another side to Lodi too, which I think mm-hmm. it's it's worth yeah. talking about. Um, vines, sort of old vines like Sanso, are being used in a kind of new wave way to make upbeat, light, lively reds. You've got some quite ambitious producers that are that are looking to do something a bit different to express their sights, and they're using not only Sanso, they're using oh gosh, vine, uh, varieties like Graciano, Grenache Blanc, uh, Mondeuse. Uh, so so I think. To be fair, perhaps Lodi has a very interesting history. We know that, but the future may yet be even more interesting. Those are very wise words. I think that needs uh, that needs some wine. You might be right. Come on, then. Here we go. Oh, that sounds good. These are the bottles it? we've got. So. First so what up, have we got? We've got what have we got? Brazen old vine Zinfandel 2016, which is about uh, 1499. Uh, about 14.99. You can, I think you can get it about 12, 12.50 as well okay. uh, at the wine society. So it is it's sort of relatively, it's one of the wines you can find on that's relatively widely available um, uh, from Lodi in the UK. Yeah, and I, I think it's just a great wine. This mm. is a really good option. Mm. You said, Liz, you wanted wines between seven and fourteen pounds. This is sort of the top of your of your uh, budget, but a great wine. Really, really, you know, if you want something to go with a barbecue, it's soft, it's blueberryed, it's juicy, it's great. Really great. Yes, it's, it's exactly the style you're talking about, Liz. It's tons of fruit, just so heartwarming and delicious and succulent and easygoing. It's definitely got a spice on the end. Um, we'd recommend with lots of Lodi wines, actually, just chill them a bit. Yeah. Uh, serve them a little bit chilled. You won't lose the flavour. It's got They've got tons of flavour, but it just takes the, takes the edge off that alcohol, yes. especially if it's a warm yeah, yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, I think just a tiny bit. You don't want too much because you, you don't want to lose the fruit. The other wine that we've got here is one that's perhaps less well known, mm. but it is Oak Farms. Oak Farm Vineyard Zinfandel 2017 and this is from James Hocking Wine so James is a specialist Californian importer Mm -hmm. Uh, this is about £23 23 
well, I oh, think it's 2335. It's very serious, isn't it? And then we've got it's this in the bigger serious. glass, haven't we? We've got this in the lovely yeah. uh, Zelto Bordeaux glass, which is which is huge and it's swirling. and uh, It's a bit richer and deeper. So but this it's is, also more serious, isn't it's it? It's more just, just serious, very, I, yeah. And I think it's important to say this. You know, uh, Lodi can easily be stereotyped as just these big, easygoing flesh bombs that are... Zinfandel, but actually, mm. this is a serious. Zinfandel. This is, I would say, this is very much a food wine as well. You know, you really want yeah. you want a lovely kind mm. of um, big plate mm. of probably a bit big plate of steak. Quite honestly, yeah. You know, I did, we did try it with some duck, didn't we? And it, it yeah. was, the dish was almost sort of a bit much. We, I think you want this with hearty but simple flavours. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, and it, you definitely get that fruit richness, but the, the tannin is fine and firm. Yeah. Uh, there's a spice here. It's serious. It's age worthy. Really quite cultured expression it's, of, of, it's of, of serious Zinfandel. I agree. So, so Liz, we've got. You've got the the brazin at fourteen ninety nine. This is more expensive if you mm. want to treat yourself twenty three thirty five. If you're looking for something a little bit less expensive, there is also a majestic there definition Lodi Zinfandel, which is eight ninety nine. Mm. So there's a mm. bit of a range there. Mm. Um, Do you know what else you get if you order from James Hocking? No. Um, well, tomato plants. No. Yeah, apparently. So 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 James is, is pretty well known in the UK wine trade. Um, he. What I, what we didn't know is he's also an award-winning horticulturalist. Is he? Yeah, he's been, he, apparently he's been preparing sort of uh, or, or growing these things, plants and, and whatnot, to enter into into shows the country over for quite a while now. So he's a bit of an expert. Um, but obviously, with with the coronavirus stuff, none of the shows are happening. So he is spreading the love, not only delivering delivering his wines. So if, in if, if we order area, wine, we get a you get some. Tomato fr- well, we've got some San Marzano tomatoes, some lovely. Is this something else to go in our garden? Well, if it can compete with the wild garlic, (laughs) it's got a bright future ahead of it. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Anyway, there we go, just a small bonus. That rests to another another episode. (laughs) Um, But, well, brilliant. Brilliant, James. So here's to Lodi. So with thanks to Bolu, Eric, Liz, and indeed you, our lovely listeners, we will say goodbye. Uh, If you'd like to star in our show with your question, please head to our website, susieandpeter.com forward slash podcast and click on the big orange speak pipe button it takes 20 seconds but the fame will last forever well, at least for another 15 minutes or so. <laughs> details of the wines are on our website too please say hi on social media and be sure to subscribe so you can catch all the action coming up in the meantime thanks again and cheers <laughs>